Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hi friends, welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast and thank you so much for being here today. I'm really, really excited for another incredible week on the show. You are going to really love this one. Now, before we get started, I wanted to share that I was recently interviewed for the Making It Count podcast. You may have heard me talk about the show before. It's all about navigating the often confusing world of personal finance and creating your best life through smart money management habits. For those of you who don't know, in my full-time job, I work in community engagement and PR for a credit union. So occasionally I teach financial literacy workshops or talk about topics like budgeting and credit. I know I don't talk about it a whole lot here on the show, but this is something in part of my day job. So in this latest episode, I was interviewed alongside Renaya Jones, who is a UCF track and field athlete who has partnered with Addition Financial through the recent NIL laws that passed over the summer. So we talked about how to live a healthier and more eco-friendly life on a budget. I've linked to the episode in the show notes, but you can find Making It Count anywhere you get your podcasts. Be sure to check it out for a really fun and informative conversation. Our sponsor for today's episode is Kitcaster. Kitcaster is a podcast booking agency that specializes in developing real human connections through podcast appearances. If you're an expert in your field or you have a unique story to share, Kitcaster can help you grow your brand and connect with podcasts that fit your niche. They have an incredible team of communication experts that will help you dive into the world of podcasting. If you're interested in working with Kitcaster, you can go to kitcaster.com slash wanderlust to apply for a special offer for friends of the show. I've also linked this in the show notes. Be sure to check it out. I've had several Kitcaster clients on my show. They really are fantastic to work with. Now, I am so excited to introduce this week's guest. Brittany Welsh is a manifestation expert at Manifesting with Brit, where she uses scientific research in neuroscience, evolutionary biology, and cognitive psychology to help people better understand how we create our reality. In our conversation, we talk about the science behind manifestation and how we can co-create with the universe. We also discuss how manifestation plays into our health and wellness goals, romantic relationships, and other areas of our lives. And Brittany answers listener questions about weight loss and manifestation as well. This episode is packed with great information, so grab a pen and paper and let's dive in. Hi, Brittany. Thank you so much for joining us at Wellness and Wanderlust today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, this is going to be such a blast. I'm so excited to chat with you. Before we really get into today's topic, I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners and just tell us a little about you. My name is Brittany. I am a mother of two. I have two daughters, seven and 11. I'm a marketing executive for a startup company that partners brands with creators on TikTok, and I am a self-proclaimed manifestation expert. Very cool. Well, I'm so excited to get into manifestation today. It's still relatively early in the year, and I think manifestation is on many of our minds. And um, just so that you're aware, too, I actually did a little poll on my Instagram just to see how listeners feel about manifestation. And this is definitely the right topic because we had about 75% that strongly believe in manifestation and the law of attraction. So I, I am so excited to chat with you about those things today. In your words, what is manifestation? Manifesting is simply creating a physical reality, something we can see with our with our eyes. That makes a lot of sense. And talk to me about how you became a manifestation expert and how it has really played into your life. So I would take this back to I was very unhappy. I was working a corporate job. I was making the most money I'd ever made. And I was just sad all the time. And I felt like there was something wrong with me because I was married at the time. And my ex-husband, we would go to therapy and my ex-husband's like, everything, I feel fine. And, you know, I was those weak linkers, squeaky wheel. And I just kind of placed my finger on it. I felt really unfulfilled. So I, and, you know, obviously went into a bit of a hopeless place. And then I started listening to, I don't even know how this started, but I started listening to Oprah, who guided me to Gabby Bernstein. And then in this time frame, I was listening to Eckhart Tolle. So first, anybody who's in the spiritual space, those are common key players. And Eckhart Tolle has this book, 
the power of now. At the time, he was promoting his book, The New Earth, and it was about living your life's purpose. And that's why I was listening to him and Oprah talk about on a podcast. And I was like, I got to get this book. So I told my ex-husband, I was like, you know, I really like this book. It wasn't intending for him to buy it for me, but he, you know, we were still working on the marriage, so he was doing a extra. And he picked up his other book, The Power of Now, instead, which was even better because, I, and I didn't realize it at the time, but I was not living in the present moment. I was definitely living in my mind and always like thinking about the future of, well, what if I'm unfulfilled? What if my entire life is just, if I feel this way, is that, you know, what kind of existence is that? This doesn't, I was thinking about things that mistakes I had made in the past and, and potential fails in the future. And I was really paralyzing myself between this anxiety, depressive state and his book, The Power of Now shifted or reframed that for me by putting into perspective that we are only in the present moment and creating in this present moment. So any moment where I'm spent thinking about the future is me creating a moment where I'm thinking about the future. (laughs) So it just became clearer to me that if I continue to do that, I would just build a life where I was constantly anxious. And that's what I like to describe as a bit of awareness or bringing consciousness to the situation of it just sort of highlighted and that this is me creating this reality and I I have a little bit of wiggle room here. So after that aha moment, I started going deep into the spiritual path because it it alleviated so much of the overwhelm and, and pressure on my chest that I had been feeling and it was such a blessing and I was telling everyone about this book but I still didn't have a clear purpose in mind. And so I read his next book. It was A New Earth, Your Life's Purpose. Maybe it's Find Your Life's Purpose. And I thought, oh, right, this is it. Because at the time, I had also done Jay Shetty's purpose quizzes and was you know, trying to figure out my human design and all these things. I just wanted someone to tell me what I should be doing. I polled my friends and families about how do I add value to your life? (laughs) I just wanted someone to tell me I felt so hopeless. And I read this book. And of course, about three quarters of the way in, I realized the purpose is to live in the present moment. (laughs) Just like not what I wanted to hear, but thank you anyway. And I was still, you know, still sort of seeking things outside of myself to tell me what to do. So my my ex-husband and I got divorced. Well, we separated and I um, eventually got divorced. But I ended up dating and ended up dating this one guy for just three dates. It was casual, but it wasn't. And then he ghosted me for the holidays. And I was like, oh my goodness, I can't think about this. You know, it's fine. I guess it just didn't work out. And I started seeing somebody else who was giving me all these spiritual books and saw a sign or what I believe to be a sign. It was a literal sign to go see a psychic. So I went, I know this is long-winded, but I promise you it'll it'll come full circle at the end. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so I went to the psychic and I walk in and this, there's this man sitting smoking a cigarette on a sofa. <laughs> and he says, he, uh, he said, you know, what do you want? I had no idea what I was asking for. I said, I don't, you know, know what his intention was at that time, but we decided that I was going to do a $50 psychic reading and he came over, he took my jacket from me and he said, you're seeing someone on and off. He said, eh, I don't really think so because the person who had ghosted me had just, you know, messaged me again. And I was like, maybe, maybe it's this guy. Of course I was enamored with him. He's gorgeous. So like now my mind's like, oh, maybe it is this guy. He's like, that's your soulmate. And I said, okay, but in the spiritual space, you have multiple soulmates. And I thought, well, I have, you know, I have more soulmates, right? What happens if it doesn't work out with him? And he told me that I'll never find my soulmate. And I just thought, oh no, I liked him so much. And again, I was blinded <laughs> by the beauty that I was like, this must be it. A psychic confirmed it for me. I thought something was good here. This must be it. So I dropped $300 that day. <laughs> And I just had this belief that this man was my soulmate. And I spent a year and a half of whenever we weren't together, believing that I just have healing work to do. I have to heal and that will bring him to me. I had no idea how the universe worked. I didn't understand any of the laws. I was just 
you know, I had my eyes on the prize and I was like, okay, I would go out on, you know, other dates because it didn't work out with him. We would maybe see each other every two months. It was an absolute booty call. But again, I saw that he was my soulmate and I was like, okay, we're just healing. That's all. We're not together because we're just healing. And when I would hit that two, three month marker with anyone I was dating, I would immediately self-sabotage and be like, nope, I, I'm, I'm telling the universe I don't want to be with my soulmate, so I need to let you go. And I just spent a year and a half doing this. And it, in between this, because I didn't understand it, it was still hope and a prayer, as some people may say in manifesting, of like, you just say it or, you know, you put it out there and you hope it comes back and you, you feel really out of control. And again, you, you don't know if what you're doing is going to garner the results that you desire. So I just, that, that discomfort of it really, it didn't sit well with me. So I dropped into, from the spiritual space, I dropped into a more scientific space of how the brain worked, which led me to the process of cognition and how we create in the present moment through our thoughts, feelings, and actions. And then I was going for a run one day and was like, okay, some things have popped up into my life. I'm starting to put these pieces together about that. It, there is science attached to this and there is something, you know, going on around me. So I decided, I said, world around me, show me a frog. And a moment later, out of the corner of my eye, I see a frog lawn ornament. I had run this route all the time. Never in my life noticed that there was a frog lawn ornament on this route. Had I known that, I, I very likely would have chosen something. I didn't realize I, I would have seen right away. And then two houses later, another frog. And I was like, oh my God, they've been here all along. <laughs> and that's when I had my aha moment of this lifting the veil, the abundance is all around us. We also have cognitive bias. So this was never relevant information to my brain because I didn't tell my brain that it was relevant. And when I told my brain that this was relevant information to see a frog, it brought it into my awareness from the very abundant world that's around me. And then that's when I realized I am just a booty call <laughs> and that I was seeing what I wanted to see. I wanted to see how he was my soulmate. And I just constantly found ways to affirm that this man was my soulmate, but that wasn't the reality of the situation. And I wasn't having the experience I desired in the situation. And if I wanted to have this experience with this man, then I had to raise my standard and say, no, this is the experience I want to have. So you can meet me and if you want to be in my space. And it just completely transformed the way that I live my life. What an incredible story and how powerful that is. Just that realization that you had yourself. And I, I can completely relate to the, to the soulmate situation and kind of waiting and seeing, you know, if I heal myself and then this will eventually work out. And I think that cognitive bias is just so real. And what an incredible story of how you kind of uncovered that. Yeah, it took longer than I had anticipated. <laughs> it may have helped, but we got there. We got them in love. I think a lot of the lessons we need to hear um, and need to learn, they, they do take longer, but I think it still is just as powerful for us. So I'd love to know a little bit more about that science, because I think a lot of the detractors from manifestation, when you talk about it, they're like, oh, well, where's the science behind it? And so you talked a little bit about that cognitive bias. Talk to me a little bit more about that science behind manifestation and kind of how our thoughts become our reality. When you begin, this is why affirmations are so popular in the space. When you begin to affirm something over and over again, you begin to rewire your brain to have those thoughts. It's the same way as if you're listening to a song and you remember the lyrics. Eventually, this will just trigger the thought of your affirmation. So, for example, if you wanted to have the thought, everything is working out in my favor, the moment an experience happens and it feels like, oh God, why? After saying this affirmation over and over again, you'll immediately be triggered with the thought, the affirming thought of, everything is working out my favor. And then that gives you that reset. So you have the power to train your brain to have different thoughts in the moment over time. I also like to describe this as if you, your favorite app, whatever social media app you may use in your phone, the moment you move it to a new location, 
you'll still go to the old location, but you'll then go to the new location. And eventually you will just go to the new location. This is setting up new neuropathways for you. When you begin to affirm, and now these are your thoughts, they develop into beliefs over time. When something is a belief, that gauges your filter, that contributes to your filter. So then you begin to see how things are always working out in your favor. And that's the experience you get to have in your life. We're creating subjective experiences to a very objective world around us. But we are very key players in how we create the reality around us. I really love how you said that. I think I think that's so true too, because there have been days where I started the day out even just thinking, this is going to be a difficult day. This is a stressful day. And every little thing that happened that went wrong, I had a very negative reaction to. And I was like, well, it's because it's going to be a terrible day. Other times where I've kind of started the day out thinking, okay, I am going to meet every challenge in a positive way. And I'm going to take each meeting or each experience or project or whatever was going on that day one at a time and react to each thing calmly. I had a much better day and I really set myself up for success there. And I, the same things could have happened to me on those days, but I just ended the day with a much more positive mindset and felt just significantly better. So I think there is so much power in that. And I I love what you said about moving the apps too, because I think some of these thoughts have been so ingrained in us for such a long time that it can be really difficult to let go of them. But over time, the more that we do it, it, it does make a difference. Absolutely. And for anybody that is, you know, you do it one day and you have one good day. And then on the days where it it feels like you had a rough start and you're, you know, you're going to that old neuro pathway of potentially having a difficult day. For me to understand this whole process of manifesting, I had to convince my mind and create the belief that one, this was all possible. And two, I had to visualize how it was possible. So that's why I give the app example. For on those days where you feel like I just can't do it today. How I explain this people is when we create, human beings are energetically optimized. So those thoughts, those feelings, and those actions that you've developed to have, those become very easy for you because you've done them over and over again. And you have a muscle memory for these things. And you will, you have, you know, you develop this and it will sit in your subconscious to just naturally happen without you giving any of your focal awareness or energy to changing it. So these things will just happen on their own. And I, I visualize this as a whirlpool. You can just get swept up in the whirlpool. When you want to change the direction of the whirlpool, you have to push in the other direction. It will feel harder and it will feel uncomfortable. And I always recommend naps <laughs> in this process or and being really nice to yourself and not attacking any different affirmations like I'm lazy, I should be doing more because that's not serving you. That's going to weaken you to get swept back up in that old whirlpool of living the exact same life and manifesting the exact same life that you had been creating for yourself. Take your time because when you push against the whirlpool, eventually you create a new whirlpool and it will be very easy to have these, these really great days where you wake up feeling fulfilled. You just naturally have this feeling of today's going to be successful and everything is working out for me. And I see all the opportunities that today's going to work out in my favor. I love that analogy too, because it can be really challenging and it really does feel like a whirlpool. I think a lot of the time, but to be recognizing too that, hey, I'm creating this brand new whirlpool. And to your point that we need to be careful not to add additional, you know, I should be doing more and adding more, you know, negative judgments, I think to it, because those are also going to contribute to our reality. But instead, I I love the naps. I think that's something that (laughs) I swear by them. I will also listen to affirmations when I'm napping or some kind of audio that will, you know, also support my new mindset. I'm just like, how can I optimize this? And then I'll I'll pop those in. Love that. So I think for many of us, again, it's kind of the beginning of a new year and manifestation is something that is definitely on the mind of many of us, whether we're trying to manifest something in our careers, our health, our love lives. How do we start out with manifestation? What would you say are your first steps? Because we only create in this present moment, we have to bring conscious awareness to the thoughts we're having, the feelings we're having, and the actions we're taking in the present moment. The first thing I always like to start with is thought, because that's the easiest. 
and requires the least energy. It does require energy to change your thoughts. And this, as we spoke about it, you are still changing neural pathways. However, it's not you going outside for a walk. <laughs> you know, we haven't brought the physical into it. So I always like to start with try some affirmations. And affirmations have been proven to persuade you of new ideas and new beliefs. So start out with affirmations that are close to what you already believe. For example, if you were somebody who believed, you know, oh, nothing's ever working out for me. I would recommend going to an affirmation more along the lines of everything is okay. I am supported. And instead of saying everything's working out for me, because as you said earlier, there's the law of gestation. Everything has a gestation period. It it will take time. So wherever you're at and wherever you're going, there's going to be some time between there. Start with affirmations. I always recommend listening to, so I go into my voice memo app in my iPhone And I record approximately 30 affirmations. And then whenever I'm washing dishes or if I'm in the shower, when my mind can sometimes get away from me and I'll go down to maybe an anxious path or, you know, start thinking about the future, having the affirmations is sort of that comeback, you know, and it's repeating things that I want to develop as beliefs. So I'm very easily doing the work without as much effort as would be required with taking an action. From there, after you've you've had these affirmations over and over again, you you will develop them as a belief. Subliminal messaging, right? Around and also, you know, being around people who think the way that you would like to think, that's also really helpful. Being mindful of your environment. From there, you'll you'll start to feel like these are truths. It'll start to feel good that that you're thinking these things. You won't argue them in your in your mind you won't say okay but what about this or okay I hope that's true you'll you'll sense and you'll feel an electrical sensation of oh this is real that will inspire a new change in action so for somebody that's looking to better their health they could maybe do an affirmation like I'm always being mindful of my body where I'm, I'm doing my best to take care of my body would probably be a better one. I'm doing my best to take care of my body. After you repeat it after a certain amount of time and you feel good when you say it, your brain will start triggering opportunities or intuitive ideas. I like to think of them as little light bulb moments of, oh, maybe I could do this. That would be better for my body. Just very naturally on its own. That's what we call in the space and inspired action. So before you know it, you start, again, pushing that whirlpool in the other direction, and you can just build up as much momentum by shifting the affirmations, building on those affirmations, then feeling good about the new affirmations, then taking bigger action, so on and so forth. I love that. And I I think that it's also so important, as you said, with that gestation period, just even to recognize that we have these ingrained thoughts and maybe not going so down the other path of everything is perfect and I'm doing amazing and things that your brain might not believe, but rather something more along the lines of everything is okay and I'm supported. I really like that. That's something positive that you can use that will inspire positive actions moving forward. But it's not something so out of the realm of possibility that you might think, oh, well, I I don't actually believe what I'm saying to myself, but there's actually, there's some belief behind it. Right. And I love what you said about health and wellness too. We did have um, one listener write in asking about manifestation and how it plays into health and wellness, specifically into weight loss. And how have you seen it play into that? Okay. So first of all, I love that you asked that question because... I have been having so I've been amplifying my manifestations to be quite honest with you. And I'm I won't get into it here. We can have a second one, but the feeling that that feel good feeling is huge. It's a huge contributor to building up my manifestations, but I'm actually using it for weight loss. So I uh, I and not like big weight loss, but I I've, I've always sat approximately between 115 to 125. In the winter, I'll hit closer to 125. In the summer, when I'm running, I'll hit closer to 115. I'm currently at 119, and I just couldn't seem to lose like those extra pounds. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to be prepared this summer. I'm not going to wait for summer. I'm going to be prepared for it. 
So I started, I was like, I'm going to master my body and, and begin to lose weight. What I first did was I, one, got really clear on the thoughts that I wanted to have about my body. And I used the affirmation that my body is a temple. So it, it makes me think twice about what I'm doing with my body, what I'm putting on my body, what I'm putting in my body, how I'm treating my body, how I speak to myself about my body. If I'm saying my body is my temple and it's not quite where it needs to be yet, that's going to make me not feel good. And that's not benefiting me or creating a reality where I've, I've lost this weight because I'll very likely go on a bender and just go back to drinking a ton of wine and, and eating all the chocolate. So I, I really just sort of sat and decided, who do I have to be? This is what they call in the manifestation space of embodying a version of self. Who do I have to be? What types of thoughts do I have to have? What types of feelings do I have to have? And what types of actions do I have to take? If I'm going to lose weight, I have to take the action of being calorie deficient because that's where the weight loss would happen. I either have to be working out enough or in some way, shape, or form to lose this fat. I need to... And the route I took, and I obviously always recommend speaking to a doctor. This is the route I took. And I started looking at the food I was eating. And I was eating healthy. I, I ate a lot of cheese and crackers. <laughs> and I would always have a slice of cake. But and I, but I would be running. And then so still I wasn't, you know, at the, the weight that I wanted to be. And I thought, okay, I have to be somebody who, you know, has a better idea of what my caloric intake is. So then I can better say, you know, that this is going to come up. I have to be somebody who loses weight. What other actions will I have to take? And, and how will I have to feel about these actions? What happens if I, because we talk about this gestation period. So last night I did have cheese and crackers. <laughs> and what did I do after that? I was just, you know, I stopped after a certain amount of the nervous pull and just thought, okay, well, that happened. I had a lot of really good days before that. This one is just one of those things that's going to have to be on the path because I'm growing as I go. And this is part of that, you know, in between period. And that, so I made sure that I stayed in a feel good state about it. And I'm down approximately two pounds now in two weeks because I went and I, I did my research and tried to figure out, okay, about approximately how long, what would I have to eat, all that stuff. That's also part of this. And some people might say that this, aren't you just setting goals? And that, to that I say, first of all, language is very important. It's so much more fun to talk about it in the terms of manifesting. And it also me to be a powerful creator in my life. And that's exactly what I'm doing. So I'm absolutely manifesting that reality. I'm also not setting big expectations. I'm feeling good as I do it. And so there's no benchmarker to this. I'm in a good state as I'm doing it and not saying, oh, I didn't hit this. Or I said I was going to hit this goal, especially when, and I don't know if your audience is primarily female, but yes. we go through a cycle. There are weeks where I have all of the energy and there are weeks I blocked an entire week on my schedule when I was PMSing last month. And I was like, no more meetings this month. <laughs> my assistant reached out to me yesterday. She's like, are, are you really not taking any meetings this week? And I was like, no, it's fine. <laughs> I'll go ahead and schedule it. But there, you know, so in those timeframes, how, how do I respond? What's, what's really going to help me manifest this reality? we speak about goals, it really doesn't take those things into consideration. When we speak about it in terms of being a powerful creator and a manifester and creating this reality through our thoughts, feelings, and actions, then it becomes a whole different ballgame. And we get to enjoy this experience of creating our reality. I love that thought process behind it because I really do, you know, I'm definitely someone, I'm very driven by my to-do lists and the goals and all of that as well. But we, a lot of times that's really us tapping into our masculine, which can be great for so many things, but kind of focusing on that intention a little bit more behind it when we are thinking of it more in an intentional way and kind of creating our reality I think that we actually are less likely to beat ourselves up uh, that one week out of the month, the, the two pounds, I'm probably back up those two pounds in water weight, and <laughs> to, but still to be able to recognize that maybe I'm not losing weight that week, but I am taking care of my body in the way that it needs it. And really, I think goal setting often doesn't focus on our identity. And I think our identity plays such a powerful role in whether we achieve the things we want. And I think most of the time you're not going to lose weight or at least not sustainably 
if you don't believe that you can. Right. And uh, to that, I'll also piggyback and say, our thoughts, feelings, and actions in the present moment are directly related to our beliefs, past experiences, and behavioral patterns. So in this process of changing one action, you are change shifting in the same way your thought is shifting your mindset and your beliefs. That action is shifting your behavioral patterns. So if you choose in this present moment to create a reality where you drink 32 ounces of water every morning, and so that's your your intention is to drink 32 ounces of water. Drinking water is fantastic for weight loss. I'm sure you know that. But um, when when you set that as your intention, and even if you don't do it every day, but you do it most days, you're developing a new behavioral pattern. And then you will just naturally take this action in the future. So that's long-term sustainability of, of this path of, of being whatever size you want to be or, or how you want to change your physique. As we build muscle in our arms, we build this mindset that we have. It's all sort of the same thing. So even in those, it always comes back to this moment, though, in this present moment. You, ask, you have to ask yourself, okay, what do, who do I want to be in this moment? How do I want to think? How do I want to feel? What's an action I want to take? One step in front of the other. And then before you know it, you've created an entirely different reality for yourself. I think that's so important for us to be keeping in mind. We had a conversation not too long ago on the podcast about how it really is that compounding effect of, you know, you change one thought about yourself and it can change your whole life. But at the very beginning, if you were to set the goal of I'm going to do this, 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 and this, every single day for X amount of time to achieve this goal, that seems a lot more intimidating and maybe you're setting yourself up to fail in a lot of ways. But to be thinking of myself as I am this healthy person who takes care of my body, I end up making those decisions intuitively on my own over time, the more that I see how that makes me feel and the more I believe that in myself. So I I think that, you know, those small steps are so important. And I think especially so many busy professionals that listen to this show that it can be really exhausting sometimes to think about how do I get myself from point A to point B, but to really recognize that those small changes And small shifts in mindset can make such lasting impact. One that was really good for me was in the very beginning, I I am affirmations are effective because you can self-identify with them. That's been proven. So when I would affirm, I am a healthy eater, you know, I had it on my affirming audios for anyone who's driving to work. Or again, when you're getting ready for work, you can just pop in your AirPods and get ready and listen to these affirmations to help prime your brain. But eventually you open the refrigerator and what thought pops into your mind? I am a healthy eater. And so it it stops you. You're not, you're no longer unconscious. (laughs) You now brought awareness and consciousness to what you're doing because how many times have we just started eating something and before we even realized what was happening, you know? Oh yeah. (laughs) And even just, again, even in taking that small step of saying, okay, you know, what do I have to lose? Let me just start with affirmations. But then it starts to impact the rest of your life. And then you start to see these shifts in your life and you change what you see. When you go to a restaurant, you start to see all the healthier options. You start to develop the behavior pattern of choosing them. And then again, you've transformed. And I really love the idea of doing that as a voice memo too, because I think there's something so powerful in hearing yourself say it. And sometimes, you know, not necessarily even, I mean, I think speaking it out loud is great. But listening back to yourself, it's almost like hearing it from another person, but in your voice. I have done that with my own podcast before where I've listened to a, you know, I've maybe listened to a solo episode and thought, wow, I really needed to hear this in my voice. And that's something we all have on our phones, the capability to record these messages to us. And there's so much of that time in the day that doing laundry, washing dishes, taking a shower just that your thoughts completely get away from you. Definitely driving for me, which is so dangerous, but it's so true. And to maybe listen to that instead of kind of losing track of what's going on. That's so powerful. Absolutely. So another question I have, you have started a manifestation course on manifesting your soulmate. And I think that's another topic that is definitely of interest to listeners is, you know, how manifestation plays into our romantic relationships. Can you talk to me a little bit about that and how we can manifest a soulmate? Absolutely. So as my story in the beginning, that's sort of how this came out. And I realized I had manifested a reality with somebody 
and it wasn't what I wanted. And we're always co-creating with the world around us. A lot of people will have an experience with someone they, they really do love. And they might have that, you know, where you talk some and then you drop off. And then you talk some and then you drop off. That's because you've both developed behavioral patterns of reaching out when you're lonely or, you know, whatever the case may be, but you've co-created this existence with this other person together. And I had, when I ran this course, I actually no longer run the course uh, just because uh, I have startup business and all that fun stuff. But uh, when I ran the course, a lot of the women that came in were wanting to be, be in a relationship with somebody who didn't want to be with them or was you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of the term breadcrumbing. No, what does that mean? And they like give a little bit. So, you know, to keep you around, but that's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and one, the first thing that we always did in this course was just free your mind, just let it go, detach from this person for just a moment and journal out what you would like the experience to be in this relationship. How would you like to be treated? How would you like to feel? What would you like to think about the relationship? What kind of actions would you both take in the relationship? For me, in the very beginning, it was I wanted to be able to be vulnerable and express my feelings without saying that I was being too emotional. <laughs> the common one. I just, you know, I don't need I didn't necessarily need to have the man in my life fix all my problems. I just wanted to have a free space to be vulnerable and open about them. And I wanted this person to also do the same to me. So if ever they were dissatisfied, that they would come to me. So I would affirm that I it is safe for me to be vulnerable. I'm safe and secure in this relationship. My partner is open to being vulnerable with me. All the things that I wanted to have in the experience, I feel loved. When, when I start talking about the experience, then that starts to open my awareness. And when we talk about cognitive bias for when that's not happening. And, and that was very clearly not happening in that relationship. And then I started creating awareness for other suitors who actually had, gosh, I don't want to say it like this because it sounds condescending, but a, a bit of emotional intelligence where they felt comfortable having these conversations and were capable of having these conversations because when they were triggered, they could identify when they were being triggered or whatever it may be. And that was all I was hoping for. So it, it brought these new, better suited partners for me. And it made me show up in a different way because I knew what I was looking for and I set a standard for myself. And, and this is what I like to describe as the timeline and my reality. So for the person that I was seeing, I gave him an opportunity and said, hey, here's my standard. You're welcome to meet it and meet me on my timeline and we can co-create a, a relationship together. But I won't accept anything less than what I choose my standard to be. That's my boundary. I'm staying within my boundary. You're welcome to, to come into it as long as these things are in alignment, as they say. And it, it really shifted how I looked at relationships and who was best for me. And then again, realizing that I was the creator of my relationships. I had a say. I wasn't wondering, oh, is this my soulmate? Is this somebody I should be with? Do they really like me? I had developed the belief that I could openly have the conversation. If I wasn't sure, I could say, hey, how's this, how's this going? Is this, is this working for you? And then trust when they gave me their response. Because I was also affirming, you know, they'll tell me. If something, I, it's not on me to, to fix or figure out if they mean something differently. They'll show up and they'll tell me. And, e and eventually that's sort of what shook out. <laughs> I think that's so powerful. And I hadn't really thought about it in terms of the fact that you are co-creating. It's not just you in this case. And it really is the experiences that both are bringing into it. But if you're showing up differently and making your needs and priorities known and believing in yourself that you can have those things, it makes such a huge difference. So I, I really love how that's changed your thought patterns around it because I've certainly, I think probably every single woman listening to this has accepted behaviors that she did not deserve and has not necessarily settled, but settled to an extent for at least a short period of time for something that it really wasn't what they wanted and it wasn't fulfilling them emotionally or 
what have you. So I, I think this is so important. And I've noticed for me, you know, when you talked about the journaling prompts, that's something I found for me as well, just in past relationships. And as I've started to journal more, kind of starting to understand, you know, these are behaviors that I won't accept. And I think that even just recognizing what I do and don't want and what was not okay for me makes a huge difference in what I'll bring in later on and just having that awareness. Right. And this is, again, where we tap back into this present moment and being the creator of our reality. We get to decide. And that's really incredible. And it's going to be different for everybody because everybody wants different things. And some people, you know, they may believe, oh, this is my standard. And then they may embrace their standard. And then they're into a whole nother pool of people. I have this belief that all of our purpose is expansion and growth due to the fact that we're all a part of the universe. The universe is forever expanding and growing. We've evolved from fish and we've expanded and grown into human beings with a consciousness. So whenever we feel this expansion, this growth, that's when we really thrive. And you'll notice you'll just keep elevating that growth mindset that you know everyone talks about. You'll just keep elevating yourself and you get to do that. And eventually you, you know, you release attachments to what other people may think or feel about your growth. And you'll just check in with yourself internally and say, what am I thinking about this? What am I feeling about this? What actions am I taking? Is that what I want to be creating? If not, let me go change it. There's something so empowering that I really, again, understanding that you're creating your reality, you're creating your relationships, you're creating your health and your career and all of those things. And just understanding that you have that power and then continuing. I think once you're doing that in one area of your life, it really does snowball and gets easier to do in those other areas because you do feel so empowered. I'd love to know as well, because I think that manifestation, again, that's something that a lot of people are very interested in and it can be sometimes hard to know where to start with it. Do you find any mistakes people tend to make when they're manifesting? Yes. So uh, the First mistake I always see is creating an attachment for anything um, in their life. And this also plays into relationships because when we're attached to somebody, they'll inevitably leave. And as human beings, we're designed to feel loss when something's detached from us. It's a signal to go seek comfort, to recoup what was lost, because whatever that thing was helped us to survive for a certain amount of time. This is why people who may be in an undesirable relationship, even when the relationship ends, will still feel sadness because they grew attached or they created attachments to this other person. I describe them as little threads connecting people. And, you know, as a relationship falls apart and at the end, it's just one by one, these threads keep getting cut. And so there's this mourning period in, in that process of, of not seeing somebody anymore. And in all things, when we lose money, when we lose objects, you know, if you have an attachment to something, you'll feel it. You'll feel sad that it's gone. And that's to encourage you to go recoup it because you believe you need that for survival. When we attach to a certain outcome in manifesting. So if I'm saying I'm manifesting the beach home on Fifth Street in Surf City, Long Beach Island, I'm now I'm glued to this thing. There may be another uh, fantastic opportunities to find an even better home that's two streets down, better access to the beach, all these other things. But because my focus and attention is attached to something very specific, well, then I have a bit of blinders on. The same as if it's a relationship with somebody, the same as if it's a specific diet I need to adhere to. When you release an attachment and then the expectation of what your results are, you're less likely to feel sadness when that doesn't come or hasn't come fast enough or you're not seeing what you expected to see. When your only expectation is growth and expansion and knowing that it's this or something better, you are constantly thriving and you're constantly creating awareness, cognitive bias for all the new opportunities. There's, I, I always reference this, but I'll do it again. <laughs> so there's uh Steve Jobs, he did a college commencement speech at Stanford, and he was talking about how he dropped his classes because, some, you know, it was his rebellion, dropped all of his classes when he was in college and was just on campus and was like, what do I do now? And was walking around campus and saw all the posters around. And all the posters were created by the calligraphy class. 
bear with me. <laughs> so he was like, I guess this is what I'll do. He had some sort of, you know, I was like, oh, that seems interesting. So he decided to take that. He had nothing better to do. And he goes and takes the class. In that class, he learned why fonts were so important, the emotion they evoked, you know, how they communicated messages that were you know, outside of the world. So when he developed the Mac, he knew it was important to include different fonts and features. And he jokes that had they not done it with the Mac, Windows would have never done it because Windows just copied Mac. And then he wraps it up to say, you could never connect the dots going forward. You can only connect them going backwards. So when you release expectation and attachment to something specific and aim for something that is growth and expansion for you, because it will be different for everybody, you cannot even imagine what might pop into your awareness that is best suited for you if you're so focused on following this course exactly as it's supposed to be, you know, doing it exactly like your competitors doing it. Whatever that may look like, there could be something better for you. And very likely there's something that's better suited for you that you are more equipped because we're all unique to accomplish. I love that. I did not know that story. I'd heard part of the com- commencement speech, but not that story. I love it. Yeah. And it reminds me, I mean, it's something that I've always really strongly believed in that, you know, my friends would make fun of me because I would pick out like some random museum to go to or something that had nothing to do, you know, I'd want to take an intro class and something that had nothing to do with what I was studying, but because I had the room in my schedule or just some of the things that I just would decide to do. But I would, you know, I would only do them because I thought, you know, hey, this is something that I can learn from. It seems interesting to me. That's something that I, let's try it, even if it's not my career path. And so often, it really does help me to expand in some way. It's what eventually led to blogging and podcasting and has turned me into the human that I am. And I think saying yes to those opportunities if they seem interesting to you, even if it's not necessarily that specific thing that you were striving for, but it's still going to contribute to your growth and it's something that excites you, I think to do it, you never know what it's going to lead to. And at the very least, you grow a little bit from it, but it could it could lead to so much more. So I, I love that story. So with this belief that our purpose is expansion, again, we're just evolving. We're we just other beings on this planet. We're part of the universe that is evolving out. Where this goes, no one knows. When you have that thought of, oh, this might be interesting to me, there's so much going on under the surface that we are designed to do. We are designed to evolve. We're also designed to be a little fearful of things so we don't go close to the sun but that evolution that those those what we call intuitive thoughts so I would suggest that you are very intuitive for taking those actions that initial thought or idea to do something the light bulb moment that you just had you can't explain but it felt good before you go down the path of saying why you shouldn't do it or how does this contribute to this or trying to analyze it in any way understand that you are designed to expand and thrive so and there's so many things happening under the surface of unconsciously subconsciously that we're not even aware of that very likely that's your intuition telling you to take this path because it's going to lead you where you will thrive and expand the most and be more successful you really do get those amazing experiences sometimes by just saying yes to what you think might be of interest. I I think so often we're so focused on that to-do list and a very linear path of, well, this is going to help me with this in my career, so I should do this. But to actually try the really miscellaneous thing that had nothing to do with anything, but it just seemed interesting. Um, That's how high school cheerleading, which was not something that, you know, had anything to do with anything, gave me confidence to be a public speaker and to lead teams in my in my organization. That was never the intention behind it. It was just something I thought, hey, this would be kind of cool. Right. And I want to point out, too, to this, because it's growth, it's the unknown. And we're meant to feel uncomfortable with the unknown because we don't know what's happening. Again, this is all science. (laughs) So when you when you do have that intuitive thought and then it's followed by a oh no or a I don't really know should I be doing this what what will happen will I be embarrassed that's natural that's going to happen you are stepping into the unknown you can develop like a lot of successful people have to be comfortable with feeling uncomfortable with things 
and then amplify your success. That would, I would recommend that to everybody. If you've never developed that of, of getting comfortable with feeling uncomfortable, definitely something I recommend. Don't let that discomfort discourage you or let it be a sign that this isn't something you should do. That first thought is intuition. The follow-up is this is going to change me and this is going, this is something I don't know. That's natural. Lean in. Do you have any tips just for becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable? Aside from, I think doing it is probably the number one, Um, but anything we can tell ourselves to kind of get over that hump if it's a little bit scary? One, creating awareness that that's your body responding. This is just your body. It's, It's naturally made to send you these sensations. So it's just sensations to your body. Don't sit with them too much or give them too much weight because it's you're designed that way. It's going to happen. The other thing is when you do something that's outside of your comfort zone and after that you have this intrinsic reward of feeling proud and expansion and growth in yourself, take a mental picture. Build that as your past experiences and build that as your new belief of, oh, when I do this, when I step out of my comfort zone, then this happens. I see self-growth and I get further along. Again, in the rewiring, you will develop the belief that the more that you lean into things that make you uncomfortable, but inspire growth will benefit you. And then it becomes much easier. You've shifted your whirlpool. I can completely relate to that one. And and I think it gets easier over time because you are developing that identity almost that I am someone, you can tell yourself, I am someone that does things outside of my comfort zone and I've expanded because of it. And to know that, I think it definitely compounds over time. So I really love all of this. I think this is such an important conversation to have. I truly do believe that our thoughts They do. They shape our reality and every aspect of our reality. So I would love to just dive into a few of our rapid fire questions to let the listeners get to know you a little bit more as well. Perfect. Wonderful. Now, what would you say is your top wellness tip? Drinking water. I drink approximately 124 ounces a day as much as possible. And I've plotted it out so I'm not running to the bathroom because I had to bulk. (laughs) So I've developed a behavioral pattern of when I wake up in the morning, I fill up a a big 32-ounce jug. And then after I go for my run or do some sort of workout, then I do it again. And just breaking it up through the day and I stop after a certain amount of time. But drinking water has been incredible. I love that you plot it out too, because that's my number one thought. I'm a big water drinker, but yeah, the running to the bathroom <laughs> between runs or at the gym or what have you. I think I think that's such a great idea. I never really thought to to kind of plan it and kind of schedule it a little bit more. Now, what would you say is your favorite travel destination? Oh boy, I actually don't travel that much. I've just been so heads down and I was on a, a meeting. So my business partner, he lives in Colombia and we were on a call. One of the content creators live in Southern California and the brand lived in Bali and they're all talking about all their, you know, how how everything looks like, Hey, how's it in Bali? Let me go see. And here I am in New Jersey with two daughters who have to go to school. So, I mean, mine has always been Long Beach Island. I, I was, I grew up in Barnegat nearby. My grandmother had a place there. And then we frequently go to Disney. My dad has a timeshare now, not when I was a child, but has a timeshare now. So we get to go pretty often. That's awesome. Well, if you're ever at Disney, you'll have to give me a call. I'm about 45 minutes north of there. I love that. If you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? Oh, uh, I identify very closely to a lion because I'm a Leo, but my spirit animal or just an animal I've always loved. And so I just tap into my intuition is a polar bear. Ooh. And I just, I see them as be, being very snuggly and, but strong, you know, soft, but strong in a way. And I, I know every time I went to a museum, it was always a picture of them mulling a seal, <laughs> but I just, I never identified them as such. And so the same sort of thing with a, with a cat, very strong, courageous, and a bit loud. Oh, I love that. I'm actually, I'm a Leo rising too. So, or sorry, Leo, Leo moon. Um, so I always have the appreciation for the Leos. It's a good energy to tap into. I always feel empowered. Yeah, I'm mostly earth in my chart, so it's fun to have a little bit of fire there. (laughs) (laughs) If you could master a completely new skill, what would that be? I am currently working on better public speaking. So even this is me working on and, and honing in on that skill. And I'm also working on my writing. So I'm making a practice of writing more often. 
I would love to be better at learning a new language. I've been trying to learn Italian for I can't even tell you how long. And I'm also playing chess more often with my daughters. So I'm sure those will pass me before I get when you're younger, your brain has more plasticity. So they're just going to zoom past me in all things. That's awesome. Well, it sounds like you're a lifelong learner for sure. And I think the public speaking, you're doing fantastic, by the way. And you host a podcast, which will um, we'll get into everything that, that you do as well in just a moment. But you definitely are making that a reality for sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. And finally, before we dive into where everyone can find you, um, what is next on your bucket list? In terms of work, so like I said, I have a partnership in a marketing agency. That is, we're always building out new new ways to receive money there. In regard to manifesting with grit, I just, I brought on two assistants. We're working on PR. It's going to be magazine spots and TV guest hosts, uh, guest spots and all of that stuff. And just, again, writing more New York Times bestselling author, though I'm not attached to New York Times, I will accept <laughs> anything that, that better suits and works out in my favor. Uh, so that's my, that's where I'm, the direction I'm heading in. I already, I already know it's mine. That is so exciting. And I'm very excited for you. I can't wait to see everything that you're doing and to keep up with um, with your articles and all of your guest spots and everything there too. So very excited for that. Before I let you go, tell our listeners where they can find you and connect and learn more. You can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Manifesting with Brit. I also have the podcast Manifesting with Brit. We're doing a brand new launch starting next week full of really great uh, content. The first blog is going to be all about quantum leaps and how you can take your own quantum leaps. I also have affirming audios. So if anybody is interested in whether it's health, relationships, or wealth, then I have affirming audios freebies uh, for you. Wonderful. I'm going to make sure to link all of that in the show notes. I'm so excited for your new launch as well, just to hear some of your new episodes. And I just want to say again, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing with us today. I think this was such a powerful conversation. Thank you for having me. I loved chatting with Britt and learning about the science behind manifestation. I think a lot of times we hear the word manifestation and we think of it as being very woo-woo, but in reality, it's really just about us creating the best possible outcomes for our lives. Those I am affirmations really hit home for me personally, as I've been trying to shift my own identity and self-image in that way, and I'm really excited to record a few voice notes for myself to listen back to. If you use I am affirmations and are comfortable sharing those, I would love to hear them. I have linked all of Britt's information in the show notes so that you can connect with her and be sure to check out her show, Manifesting with Britt, wherever you get your podcasts. Now it's that time in the show for our Ask Me Anything question. This week's listener asks, what career tips do you have for young women? I love this question, especially during Women's History Month. I think it can be so hard as women to deal with some of the biases we face in the workplace. And I feel like often we have to work twice as hard as our male counterparts so that we can be taken seriously. This is a really big question, and I could honestly do a whole solo episode on the topic, but I'll try to keep it short and sweet. So these tips really work for young men and women and really anybody of any age in the workplace. But I always recommend being uniquely yourself and showcasing the amazing things about you that stand out even if those are outside of your job description. And I never like to say that's not in my job description as long as something is within my morals and values. I was not hired by my company to be a writer, for example, but because I said yes to certain projects and took the opportunity to share that skill set, I was able to forge a really exciting new path in my career. I also recommend maintaining your relationships because you never know who might mention your name in a boardroom or how your relationships might lead to new opportunities. Don't think of it as networking. I know it can sound like it's just this boring exchange of business cards, but truly think of it as building relationships and stay in touch with the people that you meet, whether they're in your classes, whether they are an old part-time job that maybe you used to hold. Stay in touch with those people that you meet along the way. A big part of that might mean sending thank you notes to people who mentor you or take the time to interview you. And of course, I always recommend getting involved in your community. Giving back is such a rewarding experience and it will help you grow in so many ways. So take an interest in some area of your community and find a way that you can give back and make a difference. If you have a question you'd like to ask for an upcoming Ask Me Anything topic, be sure to send it my way. 
as you can see, I talk about career, I talk about reality TV, wellness, travel, so really a lot of topics out there that you can reach out about. You can send a voice message at the link in the show notes or email me at valerie at wellnessandwanderlust.net. I also check DMs on Instagram, so you can reach out to me there at Wellness and Wanderlust blog. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. If you've enjoyed the show, I would love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts to let me know what you think and to help us get the word out. This makes such a huge difference for podcasters, and I will be so incredibly grateful. Have a wonderful day, and I can't wait to see you next week.